This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 42. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, your source for the very best tools, tips and ideas used by real estate's top performers. Now here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to the show. What if I told you that I've just finished an interview with a guy who's worn a name tag for the last 5,600 days? I think that's something over 15 years. You'd probably think he was crazy, right? But then something in your subconscious might click in, just like it did with me, and you'll think, hang on, I've heard of this guy before. Scott Ginsberg is a writer, but he also has some very special skills. In the marketing world, he's created an amazing niche as an expert at getting noticed. So check this out. Since 1999, Scott has written 30 books, 7 musical albums, 3,000 articles, 600 speeches, 88 training videos, 5 software applications, 2 concert documentaries, and 1 globally recognised brand on approachability and getting noticed. But just before you meet Scott, I've got something important to say. Last week, I was speaking with an agent who recently came on board as a locked-on client. She says the difference from her old real estate software was literally night and day. She estimated the lost opportunities from not using better real estate software in the last 18 months has probably cost her in excess of $100,000. So here's my message and my offer. If your software is a complete disaster and you're ready to leave the dark side, Head to the resources tab here at Top Agents Playbook and get a free 30-day trial with Locked On. The link will also give you a big slice off your joining investment and an ongoing discount for life. So join the force and set yourself up with real estate's best software. I know you're going to love it. Okay, let's do it. Well, Scott Ginsberg, welcome to the Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me, Ray. Oh, it's my pleasure. Scott, um, Simple question uh, straight straight from the start, I guess. What do you do? When people ask me what I do, I always respond with the word writer. And I do that because writing underscores everything I do and everything I've done and probably everything I will do because that's, that's who I am and that's the way that my brain works. So inevitably, people will ask, oh, you know, what do you write? And I say, well, I write books and speeches and music and movies and all kinds of stuff. And the conversation kind of evolves from there. Well, you've written, I think, uh, more than 30 books. Is there, is there a favorite among them? It's like picking your favorite child, uh, but there is <laughs> one that I tend to give away the most. I think it's the one that speaks to who I am at, at the deepest level and that I'm really proud of, and it's called The Name Tag Principle. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, several years ago, I started writing books in the form of daily devotionals. And I did that because when I was in college, uh, a friend of mine who was in like campus ministry was reading this uh, book uh, by a guy named Oswald Chambers that was written back in the 40s. And it was uh, essentially one page every day of the year. And I thought, wow, what a great way to write a book. Yeah. But no one had done that in business. It was always, you know, spirituality and faith-based books. So I started writing business books in that format because that's the book that I want and I believe in creating the thing that you want to see in the world. So the name tag principle, um, you know, it's a devotional in that style. And when I do corporate training programs, it's really fun to use that 
as a, an exercise and have each person in the room study their birthday and see how it a- applies to their personality. And uh, I'm just, I'm really proud of it. And I think it came out great. Yeah, I might, I might give our listeners um, a little bit more info about you because, um, and what you're famous for. And what you're famous for is wearing a name tag all the time, even in the shower, really. Yeah, you never know who you might meet. <laughs> now, when when you were 22, tell me if I'm wrong here, when you were 22, you started HelloMyNameIsScott.com. You started this business and it took a couple of years to gain some traction and you and that was the time when you started wearing your name tag, Scott. Um, and some amazing things have happened to you since then. I mean, you've written these books, you've done a TED Talk, but but you weren't making any money in those early days or years. How did you stick at it? Yeah, pardon started, the pun. Right. Yeah, uh, I started when I was in college and, and really had no intention of, of making a business out of it or, or a career for that matter. What but, were you studying? Uh, I was a marketing student, so okay. that kind of makes sense. But yeah, it was just a quirky thing that you do at university. Everybody does stuff like this, but. I guess my intuition and my creativity just sort of said something about this is important and you should keep doing it even though you're getting lots of weird looks and ruining your shirts. <laughs> so uh, so I just kept doing it and then uh, I wrote my first book about it which again like I just – I love to write. That's who I am and of course I wrote a book. But then the book went viral before viral was viral right. if that makes sense. Yep. And it just sort of blew up and it led to this whole career of you know giving presentations and doing trainings and writing books and creating all kinds of media around the themes of approachability and, and uh, communication and identity. And um, yeah, it just, it just sort of evolved. And I, I would say year number five – is actually when the the money started to convert because I, I figured out, oh, okay, this is a business and this is what I have to do to get clients and create value. And uh, it, it certainly took a while, but um, but yeah, I just something told me to stick with it. Yeah, that's that's a really cool story. Um, so back to college, uh-huh. and you t- you know, like say say you'd met this this gorgeous girl and and you want to go out on a date, and and you're a bit nervous and you're sitting across the across the table from her at a restaurant and you've got your name tag on it. Isn't she going to think you're a dork? Yeah. I mean, most of the dates didn't even get that far because of the <laughs> name tags. So I, I think it's awesome that you thought that I would actually make it to dinner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't even think back to how many dates either never happened or were completely spoiled immediately because of the name tag. And what's interesting is it, it became a really important filter uh, not just for dates, but for friends and for people, because it was important to me. And the way that people responded to it was like a Rorschach test because it told me everything about their personality. Yep. So if they were insecure about it or if they wanted me to take it off or they didn't like being seen in public uh, at a coffee shop with a guy wearing a name tag, then I'm, I'm just sort of like, wow, uh, this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and uh, it was very helpful in helping me um, select or in many cases deselect people that I wanted to spend time with. Yeah. Yeah. So are you married now? I am. And when I met my wife on our first date, it was pretty interesting because – I told her ahead of time, like, you probably want to Google me just for some, like, frame of reference. And uh, when we met, her first comment about my name tag was not that it was crazy, but she just said, uh, I'm a little concerned about your paper usage. <laughs> and uh, and that's how I knew that she was the right one because she was more concerned – 
concerned about the environment than like her own insecurities. Now, according to your website, you've been wearing, uh, today's March 24, 2016, you've been wearing a name tag uh, with Scott written on it on your left lapel for the last 5,621 days, did we say? That is uh, 16 years and counting. Wow, that's pretty impressive, bud. That is very impressive. Scott, can you tell me a story about your most, uh, because I love stories, um, and I should say anybody wanting to read your story should check out. Uh, I love getting up early, having a coffee, and and uh, I, I like reading an article or two on at medium.com. Thanks. Which is, where I, which is where I found your stuff, and I love your writing. Your writing is really engaging, and I suggest anybody listen to this, check out Scott's writing. It's, uh, it's fun, uh, it's engaging, and it's interesting, uh, and you'll always come away knowing a little bit more. Um, tell me a story about your most valuable marketing lesson or, or experience. Yeah, here's one that uh, I don't share that often, but it was really pivotal. Um, so years ago, I, and oh, maybe ten years ago, I guess it was, um, I had given this presentation, and it was one of those events where um, you know my my performance was not paid because it was a great opportunity, and, and I think a lot of us go through that. I think whether you're in real estate or you're an entrepreneur, it's always sort of like, oh, this will be great exposure, and, and I'm like, okay. So I did it and did a great job and I was really proud of myself. And when I was finished, the woman who hired me, uh, who had been with the organization for longer than I had been alive, she explained to me, she goes, wow, like you really did a great job and I think a lot of the people at this event are going to want to hire you. And she asked me um, what my fee was. You know, what are you charging You know, when you're working with people? And, and I told her my fee and she like stopped me in my tracks. She said, really? Are you kidding me? She goes, look – your fee just tripled after what you did. And if you ask, and if some, someone asks you uh, to work with them and you charge them anything less than what I just told you, I'll never talk to you again. Wow. And it was terrifying, but also a nice realization that to have somebody reflect your value back to you. And, you know, I, I think that entrepreneurs underprice themselves all the time, myself included. And I still do. I'm totally guilty of it. But that was a, a huge moment for me because it, it helped me understand that as an entrepreneur, um, we have to uh, believe the truth about ourselves no matter how beautiful it is. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, I have this feeling uh, I've been in real estate my whole life and uh, most of the people listening to uh, to this show are real estate agents. And I've always felt that real estate agents are a kind of entrepreneurs because yeah. we don't come to work every day with uh, with you know uh, things on a shelf that we can sell or like a car dealer or something like right. that. We have to go out and make our own stock, then we have to sell it. So, I guess with that in mind, probably a good segue into my my next question. So much of what we do depends on getting noticed. Have you got any ideas for us as as a as a real estate agent or as an industry? What what would you do? Yeah, I've been thinking about this because I, I have something called uh, an innovation log that I keep, and I, I fill it out every couple of days. Whenever I have an idea or an invention or a piece of software or something that I think should exist in the world, and one of the ideas I, I had for real estate people, I thought would be a great service that is not what real estate people are necessarily known for, but is uh, a parallel value offering. So. What if a it could be an individual agent? What if a or someone you know at a franchise for a Remax or Prudential? What if they built an app, a smartphone app that anyone who just moved to a particular neighborhood 
could use. And that app would tell them, welcome to the neighborhood. I know you don't know a lot of people and you don't know the, you know, the restaurants and the cool places to go. Here's everything you need to know about this neighborhood that you just moved into. So glad to have you in the neighborhood. You know, my name is Ray and I work in real estate and I want to be a resource for you. And in doing that, you've it's a cool idea. Couple, yeah, you've accomplished a couple of things. Like number one, you've created value. You've you've created a sense of hospitality. I think that's what people need when they first move. Because I've only been in New York five years, and if my agent would have done that, I would have flipped out, and I would have told everyone I knew about him. I would have shared the app with everyone I knew, and then when it came time for someone to say, "Hey, do you know a good agent?" I, I could have recommended him. Not because they tried to sell me a house, but because they educated me and they made me feel like I belonged in the community. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of one random idea I had on my little invention journal that if I had tons of money and all the real estate connections in the world, uh, I would build a platform so every agent in every community could do that and white label it for their own clients. I think that's a super good idea. I'm going to start working on that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it the Ginsburg model. I love it. Yeah. Um, it is a cool idea, seriously, because um, the whole world's going – a couple of things, I, I guess on a few fronts. Um, uh, the whole world is is so mobile now, especially in our industry because people are out and about, you know, right. Googling property addresses, Googling agents, whatever, from their car. Um, so there's that. I guess, secondly, uh, apps have become a whole lot easier to build and, uh, and way less expensive. Tell me, what kind of content um, – would be on this app. What are the things you mentioned a couple of things before, but let's just unpack sure. that a little bit because this is really good. What kind yeah. of things would be on this uh, on this mobile app? Yeah, I think there's there's some key things that people need to know immediately. Think of it as like a digital welcome kit, and uh, you have the basic stuff. So you have you know best restaurants in the neighborhood, and you know the the best Christmas lights that they have every year. Sort of traditional things, uh, sort of a business commerce component to it. Uh, then what I'd like to see are a resource of utilities. So if you live in a particular neighborhood and everybody knows that Mike is the number one you know, repair guy that everybody uses, like you're not going to know Mike unless someone else tells you. So I want like who's the go-to guy for X, Y, and Z on these sort of yeah. uh, practical utility-based things in the home because that's important too. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I'd like to see – are um, you can call it a testimonial, you can call it a story, but I'd, I'd like to see maybe um, some some narratives about the the neighborhood that you live in. Maybe there's an article in the local newspaper that says that your neighborhood is the highest grossing place for you know new couples under forty. Great, I want to link to that article so I can read it and you know kind of have the reverse buyer's remorse and think, oh man. Sweetheart, boy, do we move to the right neighborhood. Look at this app that Ray put together. Look at this article from the New York Times. Like, yeah. we, we did it. We made it. Like, yeah. these are the kind of things that I think you could put on there. Uh, in addition to some contact information, I, I mean, I, I would want to be able to get in touch with an agent uh, immediately. Maybe some sort of feature where it sends an SMS message through the app to Ray's phone that he can say, hey, whatever you need, uh, here's my number. Wow. I love it. I think that's a. I think you. I think you might have started something here. So my no charge. Yeah. My brain is buzzing. Well, um, we can. Uh, people can actually rent your brain, right. uh, Scott's brain, and all you need to do is go to Scott's website, which is hello. My name is Scott I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes, cool. Scott. So uh, um, you can. I'm also going to post a link to your books. You've got some awesome books. 
uh, your your TED Talk video, which I love, um, and uh, your articles and a heap of other stuff. So all of that's in the show notes. Go and check it out at topagentsplaybook.com. Here's my next question. Uh-huh. Say you had 500 bucks to promote yourself as, as a real estate agent. How would you spend it right now to get the best bang for your buck? Oh, man, that's such a great question. Um, here's what I would do. I would find a local chamber of commerce and I would become a sponsor of the event. And in exchange for a sponsoring event, most likely they will give you five minutes up on the podium to talk about your business and you know whatever they do. And that's how most chambers, at least uh, in the States work. I'm not sure about Canada, but you know, find the local event, become the sponsor, put yourself in a leadership position. And then with the time that you have, let's say you have five minutes to be uh, up at the podium in front of 200 local business people. Four of those minutes tell one story one story that is funny and surprising and human and interesting tell a story about you know a new couple that just uh, moved in and the you know the wife is pregnant and they're you know terrified about this life transition and how you know we helped them through and we got them this great apartment and you know they named their baby after me i don't know something ridiculous yep. like that yep. tell that story for the first 4 minutes and then for the last 60 seconds is don't even don't even say who you are at the beginning of it. Just get into the story, and then at the end, you say, "By the way, uh, my name is Scott. I am a real estate agent, and I help business owners and families just like yours have experiences that I just talked about. And I would love to be able to do the same for you. So I'll be here for the rest of the day, and come talk to me. And I want to help you have the same dream that my client had. Thanks a lot. I love it." I love it. I think that's such a cool, such a cool idea as well. So, we're getting some gold here, mate. This is right. fantastic. Um, my next question: What do you? And this is this is this is a bit of a a curly one, I guess. But what do you think the future of marketing looks like? I have no idea. I've been thinking about that lately, and you know, for years the future of marketing it was digital, it was mobile, and now we're we're sort of there. Like this is. We are in the place that we thought the future was going to be. So I, I have this theory. And we've got this whole social thing going on as well. Yeah, right. And, and that was the future. And now we're sort of there. But it's like, I don't know, Twitter was valued at $40 billion when it started. Now it's down to $10 billion. So, you know, do we live in a post-digital social world? I don't know. And what I wonder is if there is uh, a pendulum shift because there's so many um, economic uh, processes and so many different systems that have these pendulum shifts um, just because the world is cyclical. And, and I wonder if there's a pendulum that's going to shift where the um, the analog world, the face-to-face, the one-on-one, maybe that's making a comeback. Maybe people are going to have neck problems from staring at their phone too much and realize, you know what, I got to get off the damn phone and like just go look at people in the eye. Mm-hmm. So. How does that play out from a marketing standpoint? I don't know, but if the whole world is digital and if everyone's on their phones, what if your company was the one that differentiated through their their humanity and their unique interpersonal interface with the world? Maybe that is something that is so rare that it could be now remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, I often think anything we can do to enhance the power of the relationship or client care. Right. As I call it, uh, is right. is really worthwhile. Um, is there a book? Knowing that, that we're real estate agents in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the US, is there and other places? But that's the majority of the listenership to to this podcast. 
Is there one of your books that, um, I know you mentioned one before, but is there one that, that you think stands out um, head and shoulders above the rest for, for agents? You know, there's, there's two books that speak to something that you just said. I, I really like your term, client care. Uh, that's terrific. I, frankly, I don't think I've heard that very often, but that may not be an American thing. Um, you know, I, I do a fair amount of work in the healthcare industry and it's all about patient care. So client care, I, I really like that. And <clears throat> I wrote two books sort of about that. The first book I wrote is called, it's just called Try Caring. And it, it was kind of a, a jab into the ribs of the world that like, hey, guess what? Caring is like the greatest, easiest, cheapest marketing technique in the world. And it's a book of case studies of businesses that I've either worked with or seen or been a customer of that that cared in a way that was noticeable and worth talking about. So um, you can buy that book for a dollar on Kindle. It's really good. It's called Try Caring. Okay. And uh, there's another book that <clears throat> it came out uh, in a series of Kindle books along with that last one and uh, very similar. And it's called um, Friendly Costs Nothing But Changes Everything. Yeah. And it's kind of my life philosophy of, of wearing a name tag every single day that like it doesn't cost me anything to do that. Like it's a, it can be a little embarrassing at times and it can ruin some of my clothes, but it, it costs nothing. And it has literally changed everything in my life. And all it does is allow me and other people to be friendly. So this book, uh, very similar to the last one, um, it's sort of, you know, my manifesto and then some case studies on friendliness used in a professional way to convert to dollars. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to post links to both of those in the cool. show notes as well. One of the things that I've been doing lately, especially with my private coaching clients, is um, encouraging them to write a blog, just something even once a week, a couple of hundred words. Yeah. Um, you're a writer. Uh, I'm a writer. But tell me, what are your if 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 uh, if you were going to coach somebody, I guess, and mm. they said they said Scott, you know, I got this issue with writing. I I can write, but I sit down and. Have you got any clues about that? Yeah. It, any advice? It's, it's really tricky to prescribe something for that without knowing the person. So yeah, I, think, I, think, I think before I was married, I would easily prescribe an answer to that. But now that I'm married, I'm like, oh, right, not everybody is like me. And uh, <laughs> just, just based on my wife being so different from me and thinking so opposite of me, I'm like, oh, the rest of the world is probably not – the same as me. So what I'll challenge people to do is to think about some basic personality traits. Think about, you know, introversion, extroversion. Think about where you have the most energy. Think about what ideas fire you up. Think about the time of day that you're most productive. Um, think about if you're a talker versus a thinker. Uh, I personally, I am much more of a thinker than I am a talker, um, despite my occupation as a public speaker, I would much rather write than talk. It's just sort of how I'm wired. So yeah. it, it comes really easy to me to sit down at a keyboard and to write. But there are people who are better at talking. Like my wife, an amazing talker. She could talk forever. So if that's your style and you're struggling with writing, here are two great suggestions. Number one, find a partner, maybe a colleague or a friend or, or your spouse, and just have them ask you questions and prompt you. Great and just idea. Great and just idea. and just you know respond. You can take notes. You can record it. Turn it into a podcast. But that's writing too. I mean, writing is actually the wrong word. You shouldn't be thinking about writing. You should be thinking about publishing. Mm -hmm. Publishing means to make something public. 
So writing is one way to do that, but so is podcasting. So are educational videos. So that's one very helpful and practical way if you're not a physical writer is to talk it out. Um, and then the other way is to get the software. I forget what it's called. I know the software has the word dragon in it, but uh, I'm not saying it correctly. But there is a software that you literally speak into the microphone and it, it translates it onto text. Yes, yes. It's, it does it's have the, the word dragon in it too. That's as much as I, I can I remember. Forget, it doesn't matter. I just like that it's, it has dragon in it. So, um, so these are workarounds if your personality is not conducive to sitting down uh, and putting your fingers on the keyboard or putting a pen on paper. Um, Outside of that, there's there's nothing else I can tell you that will be helpful. Uh, I've written a bunch of books on how to be a more prolific writer. You can check out the books and I hope that's helpful. But other than that, I have zero advice. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think I think the interview thing is awesome advice. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're really stuck for ideas. But, and I mean, I know these, these people when they tell me they can't write, but when I ask them questions, they go, they give me some, give me some gold. So yeah. uh, top idea. Um, well, I'll wind up uh, and, and thank you so much. If, uh, if you can't remember Scott's name, you can, uh, or you can't remember, hello, my name is scott.com. Do what I did as a little, as a little experiment. I just typed name tag guy into a Google search and uh, Scott's uh, right there and his, his site is, uh, is right underneath it. So if that's not, uh, I guess, memory marketing, I, I don't know what is. Scott, thank you so much for your time. And um, looking forward to uh, following the next 5,000 days. Hey, thanks so much, Ray. It's a privilege. Playbook podcast. For show notes from this episode, recent podcasts, and lots more, go to topagentsplaybook.com.